are listening to the I'll Make You Pancakes podcast, where hospitality comes with pancakes, with your host, Kanisha Fisher. That would be me. Thanks for tuning in. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in yet again this week. I don't know why you keep coming back, but I'm fine with it. So, just want to shout out the Brunch Bunch, who's always ready for lunch, for showing up today. I am your hostess, Kanisha Fisher. And as always, I am a pancake. Fluffy hot mess. Golden brown. <laughs> Serve bunks. I <laughs> God knows that you have to be crazy to come and sit on this podcast with me. But today, I have a phenomenal friend of mine who literally up until probably you came for pictures, I think we had only met on Facebook. I think we met like one other time before that. One time at Mama's Hip. That's insane. It's mm-hmm. insane like how the internet has given us friends. And we'll be like, oh my gosh, girl, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you once in public. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. But I have been friends with her for probably a good four four years, somewhere around in there. Had to have her on the show. She has some powerful things she wants to talk about today. Some uh, really cool stuff that interests her. And I think that will probably, she'll get you to realize they probably interest you too. So we're going to welcome her to the stage today. Brianna Mattingly, how you doing, fam? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming over, hanging out, watching me put away groceries in my crazy haste this morning. Well, you know, I got it. some really good stories out of it. And then you fed me. So hey. I'm winning. Anybody knows, you come to the Fisher Thompson <laughs> compound, you're going to get some food in it. So I'm glad to hear it. So we're going to start it out simple with your star rating of breakfast. The way we do it is we do it by pats of butter. So one mm-hmm. pat of butter means that 100% you think I shouldn't feed it to my dog. Five pats of butter, which is the highest you can get in this house, uh, means that you don't want to eat anything else for the rest of your life because you just had the best meal ever. I'm going to give it a strong 4.7. That's amazing. 4.7 is going to, that's going to butter a lot of toast. <laughs> it makes me happy. Absolutely love it. Anything that stood out to you? Anything you really, really liked? Really good pancakes. It, I mean, really good pancakes. That has to be the staple. Like, I don't understand how you make a really good pancake, but it was there and I ate it. There's some specialty to it. At some point in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have to just throw out my secret recipe so everybody can have that type of joy in their life when you mm. eat a phenomenally mm-hmm. good hotcake. So we're going to jump right in today. Um, Brianna has brought me some has brought me some phenomenal topics uh, that she's passionate about, that she is living through her life, that she is giving to her child, that she is serving in her community. And we're going to jump in. And if you've never heard of it before, you definitely have to look it up. Uh, I'll make sure that you have some links to websites and all that great stuff in the end. So look it up. But what she does uh, is she participates in a program that is called the Women in Power Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Did I say that right? Women Empowered. Women Empowered program. Much better. I like that. So Women Empowered Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm going to let you have the table. You tell me how you got started, what interests you, what keeps you coming back, and why you think everybody should know about it. And I'll kind of interject. Okay. Um, Well, I started in January of 2017. A friend of mine found this flyer on Facebook that was like, hey, there's a women's self-defense course that's free. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go up to Louisville with us and take it? And I was like, yeah, all right. (laughs) Sounds cool. Easily impressed. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. It's cool. I want to hang out with you. I'll come. It's fine. Um, so we drove from Bardstown to Louisville to take the class. And I was immediately fascinated, which now participating on the other side of their sem- our seminars that we do, it's still fun to watch pe- the women go, oh, whoa. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what I felt was, wow, that's really cool. Um, and to make you f- it made me feel a little really strong. It made me feel like I could learn these things that could take me out of these really potentially scary situations. Mm-hmm. Really, really easily. Like some of the things are so easy, you just kind of go, wait, wait, what? Oh, that always <laughs> like you works. Giggle. What? Yeah. Like that worked. Mm-hmm. Like I could have been choked out, but I did this and I basically you stepped away and it worked. And you're yeah. like, um, 
can I learn more? Yeah. Can I, is there more than, than that? And so I signed up and I was like, I'll do 10 weeks. This is me. I never finish a project. <laughs> 80, 20. I'm going oh, hard yeah. for 80. That last 20 is yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, and 10 weeks then I was like, no, I'll keep going. And it took probably a good, I would say maybe six months before I got that light bulb moment mm-hmm. where I went, wait, no, this is changing me. This is changing my life. Nice. This is amazing. Like this is more than just the movement and the technique of, of what we're learning. This is so much more. And then I got really, really into it. And, um, last summer I took what's called our pink belt test, which is once you complete the whole course in so many hours and all of that, you get to take a test and prove that you know these techniques yeah. and prove that you basically are a woman empowered. And I passed with a 99. Did not think that was going to happen. Me and my athletic asthma were wheezing <laughs> at the end. So you have to record a video and I watched it and you can audibly hear me going, <laughs> listen, shout out everybody with a nebulizer and an, uh, and rescue inhaler. Yeah. That's and I'm me. a little pudgy too. So it just makes you harder to kidnap in the first place. So that's you an know, added bonus, you, you know, so. that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I tell myself. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, and I passed, and I was very proud of myself, and I got my pink belt, which means now I can train women empowered in any place in the United States for free for the rest of my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, you, like, you can take the training, but you can also like work with other people. Mm-hmm. Now I help. I help. Um, I'm not a C, I'm not a certified instructor. That's actually. My next goal is to go out to California and take another test and become a certified instructor so that I can actually teach an entire class if I wanted to do that. That's incredible. Um, but I still help because I am a pink belt, so I'm a higher rank than some of our newer girls, and I walk them through. Um, but we just, they launched, it's called Women Empowered 2.0, and it has a bunch of extra other techniques they've put into the program. So now I get to learn all over again and nice. feel like the newbie where I go yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but that's great that there's, it doesn't feel like you're just repetitive at this mm-hmm. point. You're actually growing in a field that helped you grow in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's really great. So how do you feel that, because you said, two, so this is what, six years now? You no, said, it was two, seven, 2017, so 17, two okay. So it, within, two years, within two years, you really within plowed 18 through months, this. I got a pink belt. Is, so what's the average for that? Are you... The average is actually a lot shorter. If mm-hmm. if you start the court, the class and you think, okay, my goal is the pink belt and I'm going to go X many hours, you can probably do it in less than a year. Nice. But like I said, it took me a while to really get into it. At the When I started, it was just classes. And then I got like my first stripe, which is when you get so many hours, you get a stripe gotcha. saying you've accomplished this many hours. And I got my first stripe and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And, a little motivator. Yeah. And then I got my second stripe, and I think it was that second stripe that it, that made me go, oh, no, this is – I can do this. Like, I'm halfway to my pink belt now. Now I'm going to – I'm actually going to finish something. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. Look how I made it. Uh, so do you – is it a weekly thing? It is um, weekly. They do classes Monday nights and Saturdays. Uh, so you can do both. You can do either. And now that I train for free, I do both (laughs) because it is more expensive to do classes twice a week. Um, and budget wise, that's all I could do. Um, but now I go as often as I can, not just to also learn the new techniques, but I really like being there to, to teach the other girls and to help them become empowered as well. Yeah. That is really cool. I I guess I never really, so break this down for me because you have different, types of techniques and I know they fall mm-hmm. under different um I guess you can say Monica's because you've got like taekwondo mm-hmm. and uh karate and jujitsu so what 
what is the difference? What is jujitsu when, when people immediately think of like karate moves, but what is the difference for this? I really don't know the difference between like the Taekwondo, which we, um, they teach Kempo Mm -hmm. at the academy I go to. So I don't know the difference. Um, but Gracie jujitsu is different than your typical Brazilian jujitsu, which you see a lot of on like MMA. Gotcha. That's jujitsu. Um, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was created by Helio Gracie. He was a smaller man, okay. like 145 pounds, five foot seven ish. He was he was not your average size man. And he said, "What do I need to do to be able to beat somebody who's going to be bigger and stronger than me in like Smart. Jiu-Jitsu competitions?" Okay. okay. And he basically created this version, his version of Jiu-Jitsu, which is now Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which is about leverage. And so he learned these, he adapted these techniques to use leverage against somebody who's going to be bigger and stronger than you and still, you can still win. And recently, um, they created the Women Empowered Program, which takes that leverage to a whole other level. Right. Because as a woman, you're atta- when you're attacked, more than likely it's going to be a man who's bigger, stronger, and more motivated than you are. Right. Even if you're motivated to save your life, he's motivated he's to get motivated someone to, to get something else. Yeah. yeah, he's wanting something else out of you, and he's yeah. going to get it. And um, and that's why this this women empowered program works so well is because it's it's not about your athletic prowess, it's not about your age, it's not about your size. It's all about leverage. Mm. And if you can figure out those leverage and you can use it, you can save your life. That's that makes so much sense. And to hear you know, how this came about. You've got, you know, a smaller stature man mm-hmm. who understands that I'm not going to be able to go toe to toe. Literally, I cannot go toe to toe with someone. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And just hearing that now, it makes sense to how you equate that to, you know, a woman who women are strong in themselves, mm-hmm. but just the natural scientific physical force of a man's body mm-hmm. is bigger. And knowing that you can overcome that easily, I think would encourage a lot of people to at least try something. Mm-hmm. And that's, even if it's just the basics, that's the beauty behind uh, Alan Manganello teaches it. Shout out. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> he teaches it. And, um, a lot of his, his, Meaning behind it is you don't want to wear out your own energy. When you're fighting an attacker, attacker who's bigger and stronger than you, and you go toe-to-toe with him, your energy is going to deplete faster because he is bigger and stronger and mm-hmm. more, more motivated. So all of these techniques that we learn are not only about the leverage aspect, but about what we can do as a woman to save ourselves, get up, get out of the situation without using very much energy. And at the same time, a lot of the moves make the attacker use a lot of energy. So they're depleting it twice as fast as you're depleting it. And when you're attacked, the biggest thing the attacker wants to do is to wear you out. Right. Because if you physically get worn out, you're mentally giving up. And then he can can finish his job, whatever that is. And we don't want that. So there's... And I said that to you, there's, there's the technique aspect, there's the physical, there's learning the moves, what you're doing with your body, but there's also a lot of mental and emotional aspects to it as well that I don't think you think about in a women's self-defense class. You know, you say women's self-defense and they're going to basically teach teach you how to kick somebody in the balls. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty much it. That is absolutely do not. Yeah. No. Because when you strike, when you kick the groin, when you you know, elbow him or punch him in the nose or poke him in the eye. When you throw your first strike, now it's become a physical fight. Yeah. You've given him the opportunity to say, you started it. Now I'm going to hit you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit you back. If he hadn't already hit you, tried to hit you before. Right. We don't want that. 
right. because it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a physical altercation for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, even match size is going to be damaging. But if you are smaller or even just do, you don't have the same type of strength, the same type of strength, mm-hmm. I won't say the same amount, but the same type of strength, a, a blow to you is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. And I, I would think in my mind, uh, and, you know, you know, disclaimer to the fact that, you know, you don't know how you're going to act in a situation. Mm-hmm. No one knows how they're going to react in any particular situation, especially if you haven't had the training to know mm-hmm. how to act. Yeah. Um, my immediate thought process, somebody tries to attack you, 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 there's a flailing mm-hmm. that happens. Yep. You're, that's your natural reaction to be able to calm your mind enough to have it engineered in you to say, nope. As soon as I feel this, this is what I'm mm-hmm. going to do. As exactly. soon as I'm in this position, this is how I'm going to do. I can see where that would be so much more effective. Yes. And probably dis- disorienting mm-hmm. to the person who's trying to attack you to yes. really give you and, that opportunity. And that's another thing that Alan always talks about is, you know, you don't go home and say, oh, husband or partner, let me show you what I learned. Because that person is going to already be on the defensive. They yeah. know you know something now. So the technique might not work. Mm. But when it's a, somebody who you don't, they don't know you know jujitsu. It's going to work. Yeah. That's why it's, that's why it's made. Cause it's going to work against a, somebody who doesn't know that, you know, jujitsu. This makes sense. Like a surprise attack. Hmm. Okay. Um, but, uh, the mental emotional thing behind it is I think more empowering and even more important than just lo- knowing physically how to protect yourself. Right. But having the ability to back up that protection is oh, yeah. huge because you can get yourself out of a situation. Now I can get myself removed from a potentially dangerous situation before it even becomes dangerous because I'm aware. Do you feel like you avoid, you can, you can see a situation before you're even in it now? You think you're a little bit more aware in ways that you weren't before this class? I'm, yes, I'm aware. I was at least, I thought I was aware. I'm more aware now. Right, right, of course. <laughs> um, but now I have the... Um, the ability, the knowledge and the power behind mm-hmm. to even l- not let a person who I maybe don't feel comfortable with get that close to me, right. not even to get into the my bubble where he could potentially do something, even if it's as simple as put his arm around me. Yeah. You know, if I don't know you, I don't feel comfortable, I'm going to back up. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to keep my distance. And if you don't read that as a man or as a person, you don't read my uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Then uh, that tells me a lot about you. That, exactly. That's yeah. throwing up that red flag that you don't care. So now I'm going to verbalize that. I'm going to say, you need to stop. Yeah. Just stay there. Like you don't need to be that close. I don't want you to be that close. And if, if you're going to ignore those verbal cues at start, yes. you need to be able to say that. Now. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point is I can physically give myself the distance. Then I can verbally give myself the distance. And if those things aren't appreciated by that person, now my, my guard's up, red flags are everywhere. Now I'm like, all right, well, what's he going to do now? Where beforehand, you wouldn't have even, you would have just dealt. Because we mm-hmm. talked about this a little bit when you first got here. You know, how many of us women have just taken that weird side hug and kind of tried to brace our bodies mm-hmm. to just accept someone else. And I was telling a friend of mine just a few days ago, I think I watched a video that you posted that mm-hmm. had someone doing a few of, um, you know, these maneuvers when it comes to like, you see someone coming at Mm -hmm. you and how to initially stop that Mm -hmm. in a positive way without them even really noticing that you're putting up that boundary, especially if they don't have ill intention. And I said, we as women have been conditioned to protect the male ego Mm -hmm. to where not accepting a hug or when the worst thing a guy can ever, where my hug at? I don't know. 
you did you did you go to Target? Is in the clearance rack? Why do you need it from me? I don't like to make it feel like I owe you yes. physical contact. Now I am married to probably one of the best huggers on the planet. Mm. My husband is very aware of his presence. He's three hundred pounds. He's tall. He's he's black guy. So he's got to keep in his mind at all times. Whether it's po- whether it's correct or not, there's already an image that goes yeah. along with his size and his mm-hmm. skin tone and his sex. But he is definitely a throw his arm around you, give you a hug. And I think he's realized um, just how boundaries have to be mm-hmm. with certain people. So, you know, you'll have, and, but I love to see women who will at least say, hey, I don't mind a hug. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm, I'm just really not a hugger. Or yeah. there's a lady at church where every time you walk up to her, she's like, I really don't shake hands, but you know, I hit your elbow. It's just not her thing. Yep. I love watching women say what it is they will and will mm-hmm. not accept around their bodies. That's huge. And that is such, that's the part that I took away from the class. And I think that's the part that gave me that light bulb moment of this is really important. And I've told people, this is the top, like one of the top five things, best things that's ever happened to me in my life. It's changed who I am as a person. Nice. It's changed what I'm willing to accept, not just from a male, but from anybody. From any, yep. As you should. And it's also given me the ability to teach others, teach my daughter. My daughter's a huge hugger. And I have to say, sometimes people don't want hugs. You need to ask if it's okay. Just like sometimes you don't want to give a hug to people and that's fine. Yeah. But me, I'm a toucher and I'm a hugger. And recently now I have, I've been given the opportunity and the ability to learn that I need to say, Hey, is it okay if I hug you? Yeah. Hey, is this okay? Uh, uh, You know, I, I give people the opportunity to put up their boundary and because just, you're aware. I, yeah, yeah. And I just hope that they go, oh, that was really nice. And it might just change something in them. It might make them give that boundary to other people. Yeah. You're um, empowering them just in showing what power you have. Yes. That's, I'm a fan. Hands down, mm-hmm. I'm a fan. And nobody has the right to be in your bubble unless you accept them into your bubble. Nobody has the right to touch you. Mm-hmm. Nobody and we need has to the teach right that to, to our talk kids. to you yeah. certain ways either. Like this is, you know, you ha- you are, you are given your personal space. It is yours. Yeah. And you don't have to earn it. You don't no. have to work for it. It belongs to you. Yes. Yeah. And if you're willing to give that out, great. Fantastic. If you're not, don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Don't feel like you're being a B word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just, what makes you comfortable is what makes you comfortable. And that's something that everybody needs to accept in their life. Well, okay. So as a mom of five boys, mm-hmm. um, at a very early age, we started using the word consent. Mm. Um, I, I, primar- I exclusively nursed all three of my biological children. It would be really weird if I tried that with my stepson, so I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> boundaries. So I remember at some point, Caius was my last nurser. You know, he's an identical twin. Kylan, like at 12, 13 months, he was like, don't ever touch. Put that in a cup. Okay, I'm good. I was like, good, what? But Caius was like, I will snuggle you the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Just, But he wanted like consistent all access pass mm-hmm. to my chesticles. And I'm like, bro, you can't just flip a boob out when I'm not ready. This is my body. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the first conversation we really had about consent with an under two-year-old. Yeah. To where he would come over and be pulling at me. And I would say, you need to wait mm-hmm. until I'm ready. Now, mind you, if he's a flailing three-month-old, it's a little different. Yeah. But once he could start to understand, and, you know, I knew he wasn't starving at all. He's a chunky little monster. It was a matter of showing him this is a mutual relationship that we're having. Mm-hmm. Even though it is a mother-child relationship and this is a nourishment to you, it is still my body. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about this now. And showing that to his brothers 
was huge because Kenny be like, Case, you need to wait. You know, he's three years old. Yeah. You need to wait for a mama. And he's, because then, of course, he could say something that, you know, he's the big brother. But as they grew older, starting those consent conversations with your brother, when someone is tickling you or holding you down and you all are mm-hmm. fighting and wrestling and someone says the word stop, it's stop. That does not mean keep going until. Because they're laughing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean keep going because you're trying to teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. It means you need to stop. To this day, this is a consistent issue we have in this house. And I feel as though I'm going to have to find another way to kind of put my foot down mm-hmm. and make this a non-negotiable. Because, listen, I, don't want you to, I want you to understand when your son orders duct tape through Amazon, <laughs> there's red flags. My, you know my, where my brain went. Serial killer. <laughs> He's a serial. Somebody get that kid. Yeah. Come he was fashioning weapons out of wood in the backyard. Oh. Oh. Um, okay. He also ordered a four foot wooden sword. So when it comes, because this is a problem. When your kids get older, you start giving them gift cards for Christmas because you don't want to buy them things because they don't want them anyway. So you give them gift cards. We started giving them Amazon gift cards. I probably should have in my Adirondack chair parenting, which means I just sit back and wait for there to be blood. Right. I probably should have put some type of disclaimer slash parent guard on what you can order from Amazon. I didn't do that. Messed up. So Caius orders a four foot long wooden sword. When it gets here and he opens the package in front of me, I'm immediately like this, this is where I failed. Like I can (laughs) see the the look on my face is failure. Yeah. And so I said, so what you doing? What was that for? He goes, it's for when we play the hunger games in the neighborhood. Oh God. Wait, (laughs) Now, I've, I've known about – so we, we have a, uh, a fairly – our neighborhood is turning over. We have a lot of youth in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's right around 12 to 14 kids under the age of 17 years old. So it's like a small gang of children. It is just rolling. It's it's crazy. (laughs) So, you know, my neighbor has a big front yard on the corner, so you can see down both sides of the street. So they stand out there and they're like, you can hear it sounds insane. One day, you know, because my my office sits in the front of the house, so her her yard's next to mine. They come across, Kayas pounds Kylan in the floor and he's over him. He says, Tell me who sent you. Kylan's like, You're never getting it out of me. I'm like, What? what what have you all been watching <laughs> right. do I need to like restrict YouTube yeah. so a couple of weeks later he still has some money on his Amazon card small package comes in the mail I don't think about it I mean if you were uh, we'll get into the the Fisher uh, flashback moment I think I know exactly which one we're going to do because it's also an Amazon story but you know my kids have ordered things from Amazon that I've been like dude can you ask for it? just yeah. let's let's talk this through so he opened he gets the package he comes home I said okay she got a package he's like yes and I'm thinking oh this must be really good goes over rips it open tears out a basic silver roll of duct tape oh. and I stood there and that's the moment that's the second <laughs> where you look at yourself and you're like this ain't it no when you when I was holding you as a six pound three ounce 19 inch long infant I had bigger plans than serial killers yeah <laughs> you know and he's got he's an he's an engineering mind infamous in a different way what's son? happening <laughs> so i say all this to say i go down in the basement you tell me it's for fashioning weapons i go down in the basement two days later and as i walk down the stairs and turn the corner both of your brothers look up because they're duct taping you to the pole in the basement <gasps> and i go this this can't happen this can't this did you all think that I would be okay? And like they slowly like, oh, take the tape off. Mom found out. When did you think this was? How long were you going to leave him down Mom here? What? What? <laughs> because if you hadn't found out. I, he'd probably still be tied down there now. So, <laughs> K 
KS missed school today. Really? <laughs> I don't get up in the mornings. Let me go see if I can find him. He's tied to the basement. Yeah. Yeah, you're tied in the basement. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to figure out what does this look like as, because, you know, it's one thing to be women empowered. You know, you have a daughter. You understand the strengths of giving her that voice at a very young age, helping mm-hmm. her to say, this is not what's going to happen. I've done that in numerous ways when it comes to themselves. Yeah. But I think there's these these really fuzzy boundaries when it comes to, you know, wrestling with your brothers or, you know, even the neighborhood kids. How do you make sure that kids understand without them feeling like, well, this isn't this isn't fun or, you know, how do you win? What's what's the words and the tools that I'm giving them to help them see how important this is? Or your thoughts on it? I just think uh just communication, just mm-hmm. from the get like Hey, we're going to do it like this. Is this cool? Are we, we're all kosher with how this is going to work out. If you say stop, we're stopping. Yeah. Like there's, and there's not going to be any judgment that you don't like it. Nice. And I think that's something we need to be teaching, um, not just our children, but our friends or our significant others is just to communicate. Like it's okay. Say what you're feeling. Right. Tell me what you're thinking. And if it's something that as an adult may cause an issue or a fight or an argument between you and your, you know, your spouse or your significant other or your best friend or whatever it is, just, you know, preface with this might be uncomfortable, but it's something we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we just had that communication, it would, it would just solve a lot of problems. Right. You know, you don't need to jump to defensive, defensive mode all the time. You, you don't, you definitely don't. And I think that having these tools, something like this class, uh, or just a parent sharing it with their child is mm-hmm. going to work leaps and bounds more than just ignoring the situation or pretending like it's not a real thing. Like mm-hmm. we have a boundary issue. And my, my husband and I talked yesterday about certain people have their non-negotiables is their physical comfort. Mm-hmm. Other people, their non-negotiables are their emotional and mental comfort. Mm-hmm. And we are opposite in that. So Jason can endure a lot emotionally or um, mentally before he gets to a point where he has to address it. But physically, mm-hmm. non-negotiable. Absolutely non-negotiable. All, all holds bar, all, push all the buttons. I'm the opposite. Uh, mentally and emotionally, you're not, I'm going to tell you, this isn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. These are my boundaries. These are my standards, but I find myself and not to where I'm putting myself in danger, but you know, if one of my kids leans against me or, you know, my husband falls asleep on me and I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to, I'm probably going to take that L Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm concerned about them at that moment. Mm -hmm. That is my giving or, um, choosing to sit in an uncomfortable position Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're trying to give someone else room or I'm the person who is going to hold. And I find myself being like, why are you, you don't even like how, this, why are you do? But I realize that I'm doing it to maintain someone else's comfort because of my care for them. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I have a really hard time balancing the difference between selfless and selfish. Mm-hmm. And the median for that is self care. So I find myself in this really um, vulnerable swing of, I don't want to be selfish. So I'm extremely selfless mm-hmm. until I've become overwhelmed. And then I have to be yeah, selfish, yeah. but then I feel bad. So I end up being selfless instead of just getting in the middle mm-hmm. and finding a way to really, now as I've gotten a little older, I've gotten better at it. Finding that self care, being able to say no, mm-hmm. being able to do what it is that um, you're passionate about instead of what other people expect from you, Mm -hmm. setting up personal boundaries, uh, addressing it, saying it out loud. Hey, that's not going to work for me. I'd rather you not. Mm -hmm. Or just little things like that. As I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it. But on the flip side of this, uh, my husband is a creature comfort. Like 
he's really picky about like the things that touch him. So deodorants, uh, lotions. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know that he he'll probably kill me for saying this, but he has there's like certain underwear that he'll wear because no, I'm not going to have something that close to my body that is uncomfortable. Right. Socks and little things that because he said that those physical agitators will cause a response faster than a mental or an emotional one. Yeah. So comparing this, the thought process of sometimes I believe that your emotional or mental limits of I'll just take that on mm-hmm. reflects in the physical. Some people don't have an either or. So they will take a lot more physical discomfort because they may already be um, a little less confident in speaking up about their mm-hmm. mental or emotional discomfort. How, I think that's great that you found a way for you to do this. Have you ever seen, um, what, what, what are some other things you would want to try? What are some other things that now that you've done this have opened up a door for you to say, huh, maybe this will help me with that. Or maybe this will, or help someone else with that. What are other things that you've seen? Anything? I don't know. Jiu-jitsu has changed my entire outlook on life. And it has, I mean, um, I'm currently off of, my antidepressant. Mm -hmm. I've been off of it for more than six months and I suffer suffer from seasonal affective disorder. And I thought to myself, okay, well you got off of it. It was accident. (laughs) I just forgot to take it. And I was like, oh, I'm surviving. Okay, well let's just see where this goes. And I always knew that winter was coming and I was like, you know what? If I have to go back on it, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, And I've suffered through it, but getting into the dojo, which is the place, the gym with the blue mats and everything where we do it, like they, and and it's not just the jujitsu and it's not just, again, the physical or the mental, emotional, it's the family that I've, I've got there. The community. Yes. They save my mental health weekly. Like there will be days where I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't get out of bed. I can't do this. I don't have, I just don't have it in me. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. But I go, let me just get to the mat. Let me just just go. You're going to feel is. better. Just go. And I go and I laugh and I smile yeah. and I get, you know, it's physical. So, you know, physical activity always helps. And I leave and I go, oh, that's so just what glad. I needed. I'm so glad I went. Right. Yeah. And um, so for me, I mean, that's that's my tool. And it's taken 30 something years to find that tool. But right. now that's my tool. That's your go-to. That's, that's my go-to. It's you can. It's a crutch, and it's an okay crutch too. It's phenomenal. It's, it's a, a phenomenal great crutch because it's it's definitely giving you a lot of power in a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that a lot recently. I think a lot of the changes have been more toward community, even in your things like um, Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers was always very successful for people, but it seems since they really started building community, it's worked mm-hmm. better for people. Uh, people are going to different. Um, gyms like the boot camps and stuff like mm-hmm. that I see that when they are actually involved with the community when they when they start to post pictures of the friends that they've made and mm-hmm. the accountability that they have that's where the draw comes from the same with you uh saying this about that class you you know that if you can just get there mm-hmm. that is your reprieve that is where you get you're going to be able to draw some strength from some people who are going to encourage you in a way that you need I I believe in community I think community is huge I I, you know, being a Christian, I look back on like first century Christians who were living in the same house. We've really done ourselves a disservice in trying to alienate ourselves as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing in a sermon once, uh, they said the worst creation ever was the automatic garage door opener. 
because you're able to get into your house, open up that garage, wave at your neighbors, pull your car in, get out of your car, never have to engage. No communication. No communication. You can (laughs) cut yourself off from the world. And now we've got this digital world that makes you think is a false sense of connectivity and more people are dealing with loneliness and abandonment and, you know, just feelings of not having community. And there's also a false sense of security in the digital age Mm -hmm. where you see people, if I just stay here in my little thing behind my screen, nothing can touch me and everything's going to be okay. Right. And that's not how it is because you have to go outside. You've built a falsehood (laughs) of, you know, you're you're watching other people's highlight reels. Mm -hmm. People have actual lives and getting into community, getting messy with people. I think that's what it is. Um, I heard that community has to cost you something. If, yeah. it, if it's not costing you something, whether it's your time, your effort, your vulnerability, your sweat, mm-hmm. then it's not true community. It need, you need to have to bring something to the table. This is, in, this is really encouraging. I think that it's a, it's a phenomenal way to really put yourself in a position to grow, to learn, and help other people grow. Mm-hmm. I think that helps a lot. When you're able to see other people come into the community and build them up, that to me, I could do that all day. Oh yeah. There were, um, we, we presented a lot of pink belts recently and there were two girls who are 17 years old who got their pink belts and there were definitely like, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. But you have no idea how proud I am of you. Like yeah. this is not an easy task. I did it and it's not easy. So I can tell you it's not easy. And you did it and you're 17. Do you know you can do like anything? You can do anything. Now? Anything. You can do anything. Like there's no one that's going to say, hey, you can't do that. You can just look at them and be like, uh, I have a pink belt. Yes, I can. I can do whatever I want. And it seems silly for somebody who hasn't experienced it and hasn't gone through the classes and gone through the test and 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 learned all of this to say, oh, this is, this is a belt. But it is. It's so much more. It's so much more. Yeah. And um, when I got my pink belt... I personally messaged, messaged a couple people. Mm-hmm. I didn't put it out on the on the social medias yet. I wanted to absorb it. Yeah. I wanted to tell the people that were really important that had that I talked to numerous times about things. You know, good friends. Every single man came back and said, "Well, I bet I can still take you." What? And I was like, first I got really angry. <laughs> wow, that's insane. But after I calmed down, I said, "Do you realize that you basically just threatened me? I mean, you really did." Yeah. Let's just talk about that. Yeah. Let me help you learn <laughs> that that was not an okay response. But, but the fact that it was the response. And then these are people that you're confiding. These are these people are, that you're going to. These are your friends. Yes. One of them's my best guy friend from when I was like 17, 16 years old. Like we have been through it together. I went to his wedding. Like we had been through it together. And I was like, are you? He's like, I'm just being funny. But you're not. But see, that's not an appropriate, that's not appropriate humor. Yeah. Like this is the Me Too movement. Okay. <laughs> this like, is. Really. This, no. is, this is why that uh, Gillette commercial had everybody's buttholes all yes. shrank up. They didn't know and how to deal. Like, you, don't need to, to, you don't need to take it to the one extreme, but you don't need to take it to the other. But you need to, you need to open your eyes and see. It's the same thing with the white privilege that yeah. we were talking about. You, I need to be aware of it. Yeah. Okay. And, because I can't change you, but we can open up the lines of communication about it. We can talk to each other about it. And maybe I might spark something in you that goes, oh. I can see where that was. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. It's, it, to me, it is, when it comes to physical things and um, men, not all men, get just calm, everybody calm down, <laughs> deep breath. I know your brother's super sweet, your husband's amazing, your sons would never, but calm down. Right. Uh, or even you yourself. My thought process is this. 
We don't want to ignore the fact that for so long, men were told you can respond in one of two ways. Mm -hmm. You can either be mad or you can be quiet. Uh, We don't want to pretend like if you didn't, if you didn't watch Disney's Inside Out, stop your life and go watch that movie because the undertones to that movie not only talk about mental health, but they Mm -hmm. talk about how we get to a place in mental health, especially in this country to where we tell people how they're supposed to feel. One thing I love about that movie, um, Spoiler alert. When you go into um, the mom's mind uh-huh. and the dad's mind and their little panel of people, uh, in the mom's mind, everyone is dressed up just like the sadness emotion. Uh-huh. She's there. The other emotions are there, but they're all dressed like mm-hmm. her. In the man's mind, all of his emotions are dressed like anger. Yep. That is powerful. So when that your friend- real. That's It's real and it's powerful. And it's in a children's movie that specifically is telling your children, we'll teach you how to feel. We'll yeah. teach you how to do this. Yes, all of your emotions are going to have to learn how to work together, mm-hmm. but you don't have to only be one emotion to be a man, to be a woman. Mm-hmm. I am not an overly emotional female. Overly emotional woman. Freaks people out. <laughs> Freaks people. I am the person. I, I don't know if I was born. I have tear ducts. I know that they can work. <laughs> it's just not my natural knee-jerk response. Yeah. I have friends who... They, it's like living with an onion. Like they immediately, that is their oh, natural, but, which is fine. And if I'm angry, you overwhelmed, yeah. sad, yeah. happy. It's your knee jerk. I just cry. Yeah. And it's okay. It's, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. It's really frustrating for me. Who's like, I don't know why I'm crying. This is, this is, and see, this is how I've been taught is I don't know why I'm crying. This is stupid. Well, no, it's not. It's not. It's your emotion. It's okay. And it's the same for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why everyone else is crying. There's something wrong with me. No, it's not. That's just not your emote. Yeah. That's not what, that's not it's how not you how get you it out. not how you process things. So I tell people this story and then we're going to move on. But um, growing up, like I have phenomenal parents. Uh, my father is probably easily hands down the most influential person in my life. He's a businessman. He's extroverted, uh, super smart, comes up with ideas, always wanted to be an entrepreneur, was really held in by the fact that he had to maintain his family, grew up without a dad, was raised by his grandmother, has everything that could have made him not be the man that he is, Mm -hmm. and he decided to work against it. So one time I got really, really upset about something. I'm maybe 12 or 13. I was always given space to have whatever emotion I needed to have in my house. I love that about my parents. So I, I was really upset. Uh, he comes into the room. He sits down next to me. He lets me, both hands me a couple tissues. I ball just, I mean, the sobby, nasty, whole wet face yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not cry. Yeah, just, <sighs> just bad. And so he sits there and he lets me, he doesn't, he's not upset with, it, upset with it. He's not trying to rush me through it. We get to the end of me being emotional. Now I've just got the, <laughs> you know, how you're sucking your face <laughs> in. Uh, <laughs> and my dad says, hey, I want to make you aware of something. Crying is perfectly fine. Being upset is perfectly fine. Being sad or angry enough to cry is fine. Mm-hmm. Now that you've finished crying, I want you to understand the work that you're upset about still has to be done. Yeah. So the tears are a release. The mm-hmm. tears are a way to express. They are not a method of change. Mm-hmm. So tears will get you wet, but you still have work to do. Yeah. To this day, that is probably one of the sayings that I have, I've probably made it a little bit more than he meant. But <laughs> tears get you nothing but wet makes sense to me because it is, it's something that causes me to go, you know what, I can, be, I can stay upset about this. It doesn't really have to reflect on the tears. I'm not a crier naturally. I probably would have been that way either way had he not said it. But not reflecting on the tears and realizing that, or not reflecting on the emotion you feel at the moment. What still needs to get done? Mm-hmm. So... I feel like sometimes 
we get to a point where we take things emotionally. These guys who said this to you, their immediate response was, well, you're not, be- you're not bigger than me. Yeah. And I don't want you to challenge my manhood. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm, 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 I'm a man. I'm stronger I'm than, bigger than you. you. I can still stay take in you. your place. <laughs> Essentially. I'm going to get all up in your lane. <laughs> But, two but, way light, but two what lights. is my place? Is it not my place to be able... Because if you're not planning to attack me in a negative way, if you're not planning harm to me, why would that be what you want to say to me? They actually said, because I, I have a concealed carry license, mm-hmm. um, I was terrified of guns mm-hmm. my entire life. And one of the techniques we learn is weapons defenses. And Alan, he is um, a Louisville Metro Police officer. Right. And he said, you know... Learn gun safety. Go to a range. Shoot it once. Learn about the gut weapon. At least learn about it. You don't want to use the first time. You. you have to hold it and possibly use it to be in this situation. You want to know it at least once. So if you are ever in the situation, at least that's not your first time. That makes sense. So I was like, anything you say, I'm gonna do, dude. <laughs> Life changer here. Yes. I'm doing whatever you so say. I was like, all right, I'll go. I'll go. And in my small town, um, it was your concealed carry class. Was your was your gun safety class. Of so course. I was like, all right, Sometime. I'll take it. You also so learned it. how to knit and crochet. Yes, obviously. Just in case. Yeah, uh, small town. Okay, so I went and I took it, and then I had to shoot a gun. It was the first time in my whole life. And the guy was like, is, is, are, is, how many times have you shot? I was like, yeah, but today. <laughs> today, <laughs> this I is how really old I am. Well. And he yeah. said, you're, you're very naturally, you're good at this. And I was like, okay, cool. Your husband's and like, And then oh, I said, crap. all right, you know, I took this class. I'll just get the concealed carry license. I already took the cat. I'll just get it. Well, so pause right there. Do you think because of your confidence level with jujitsu and understanding, like you can protect yourself without this? Do you think that made you a little bit more? Do you think that had any bearing? I think on, it did. Okay. I think it, it gave me the confidence to. It gave me the confidence to try. Mm-hmm. It gave me the confidence to learn about something that made me really scared. Yeah. And turns out now I have a weapon. Her name is Wanda. Hey. And when I was talking to my guy, same guy friends, same ones. Well, I'm sorry you feel so scared in your life that you have to carry a weapon with you. No, 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 no. That's baby, that's not what it's about. It's not about me being scared. It's about me being prepared. Right. It's if I you know what? I hope that I die never having to fire that thing outside not of once. a range. Not once, right. I don't want to take it out. I don't want to point at somebody because the whole point of pointing it at somebody is to use it. If you're gonna point it, you better shoot. I don't want I want it, it concealed in my purse for the rest of my that's life. That's why it's called I'm a concealed carry. Totally fine with it. Yeah. So it's not about being scared. It's about being prepared because I'm a female. Man, that's so real. That is so real. See, and here's the here's the opposite of that. I'm not going to get a concealed carry mm-hmm. because I have a tendency to go off in the post office. <laughs> and I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. Like, if I'm, a, if I'm showing a woman my stretch marks to prove a point in the post office, a gun's not going to be a great deal for me. Maybe I need a, maybe I need a couple of uh, moments with you to kind of get and my life totally together. Like if you don't <laughs> if you don't believe in it and you don't like it, cool. I'm down with you. It's what you feel in your heart. And I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise. But it's okay that I feel that way. Yeah. And it's okay that you feel that way. Yeah. And that's, once again, it's that open line of communication that says, oh, hey, look, we have differences of opinions, but we can still co- coexist with each other. You pretty much just saved the world. Like, if everybody would just take that sentence and run with it, yeah. we would be so great. Yeah. You, can, you can believe in whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You can have whatever stance you want on whatever you want, as long as you understand it's your stance. Mm-hmm. Um, influence is one thing. Trust equals influence. Force equals resistance. And I think if more people understood that concept, I mean, we would just pretty much save the world. Yeah. If you want to sit down and have a logical, calm Make discussion, somebody some pancakes and let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It and at the end of the day, mine. maybe you change my mind, maybe you don't. But we've had that line of discussion. And, and now at least it. I know that 
I have made my decision to be my decision while I've still heard somebody else's opinion. Right. And I'm not just being stubborn about it. It's just how I feel. Unless you want to put your toilet paper on the wrong way. On the wrong way. Because if you're an under. Sociopath. We can't. Don't come to my house. Don't come to my house. I'm not making any pancakes. Also, people who drink orange juice with pulp. My bad. It was an accident. I meant to pour the non-pulp, and now we're just over here. Like we got to go to Our Lady of Peace now. We had pulp orange juice, but you know what? We're moms, so we didn't waste it. So there, you know, I'll open the other one right now. (laughs) All right, so. We're going to move right into the break real fast. The break real fast is just an opportunity to talk about a Fisher family flashback. There's a word word problem for you. So, you know, with us having five kids, there's always a ridiculous story. And I'll kind of get your take on this because I don't know. You may have read it. I I keep a lot of this on Facebook because if I don't tell somebody, I'm going to just I'm going (laughs) to die. Um, So with the Amazon thing, Uh kids are hilarious. Are they? (sighs) They have to be so that I don't move out right. and just let them. They're going to be like the boxcar children, but in an actual house until they kick them out. So last year, no, for his birthday. So this is, yeah, it had to be last year because his birthday just happened. So Kylan, my youngest twin, cool kid, really down to earth, witty. He gets an Amazon gift card for his birthday. We had just redone their, um, their bedrooms for their birthday. So they went from, when we moved into this house, their bedroom was pink and purple. Oh. And since I, don't believe, since I don't believe in raising toxic, toxic ma- masculine children, yeah. I left it pink and purple for right. four years. Just, just so they understood, colors Absorb don't make it. the man. It's colors cool. don't make the man. Keeps you calm. It didn't work. <laughs> so for their birthday, my, my job was to redesign into a, you know, kind of a preteen teen space for the twins. Because they're the only kids who share a room. So I wanted it to be really nice. We ended up redoing every boy's room. Uh, and I wanted them to have a really nice put together space. So mm-hmm. I, sp- I closed the door when I wasn't in there. Um, they've got this beautiful, like gray and white room with all these little pops of, you know, design. Cause you know, KS is an engineer slash cello player. Kylan is a saxophone player and just, you know, aficionado of all things. So Kylan gets his Amazon gift card and with his new room. He decides that he's going to order sheets. Not that I didn't just buy him new sheets. <laughs> right. You see that face you just made like... <laughs> Mind you, he just turned 12. I was going to say, what was the age? 12. He He's wants 12. To sheets. He bought sheets. Okay. So, cool. Look, I am a free range parent over here. There's no toxic masculinity at this table. Live your you wanna dreams. Buy, you want to buy your sheets? Live your dreams. Buy, your buy sheets. sheets. Not that I don't provide sheets for you. <laughs> right. But you want to buy your own sheets. Fine. So, the box comes. I put it on the steps because I'm not opening your mail. It's got your name on it. Consent. So, he comes home. He's like, yes, my sheets. He takes the box upstairs. I do not engage further. Because to be honest with you, it sounds really boring. Maybe he got some, I don't know, Pokemon sheets. Who cares? I don't, whatever. He found <laughs> it on Amazon. As long as you didn't like order one that had like little penises all over it. And you didn't know because they look like flowers. I don't know. So he's like, look at these cool arrows. No, those are penises, bro. So he takes his sheets upstairs. Uh, after about an hour, he gets his homework done. He comes downstairs. I was like, oh, how are your sheets? He goes, they're pretty nice. I, the, the blanket was really I, I don't it wasn't really nice though and I was like oh so now I'm like running through my head. I thought you ordered oh he must order like a bed in a bag yeah got you makes sense you can get a bed in a bag for thirty bucks yeah you're gonna itch but you're you can have you it have, to have a whole bed in a bag live your life amen so he comes downstairs he's like yeah the 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 big the big blanket was just really thin I didn't like it and I was like oh that's unfortunate and I said do you want to send it back you know do you do you feel like you got your money's worth he says no no it's fine it'll it'll work <laughs> so. I said, well, what kind of sheets did you get? Thinking, you know, he's going to tell me, oh, I found these really cool, like, galaxy sheets. He's like, they're gray. (laughs) 
Mm. Gray. My 12-year-old ordered gray sheets. Gray bed in a bag, in my mind. Yeah. Off Amazon for his 12th birthday. You can't, you can't buy gifts for kids who order sheets from Amazon. So later that night, you know, I'm like, all right, guys, let's get ready for bed. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to go check on, I'm going to go check out Kylan's sheets. New sheets. Been, new bed, bed in a bag. So I come up the stairs and uh, I walk into his bedroom. He's sitting in his bed. Uh, his old comforter is on the floor, like folded up in front of his bed because he hadn't taken it downstairs where all the rest of them were. And he's just laying in the bed, um, but I don't see a comforter. So I'm like, hey, your sheets, I really like the color gray. This is amazing. Um, didn't you say that there was a comforter that came with? Because he's just laying there under the sheet. And he goes, yeah, this is, this is super thin. And I said, wait, where's the comforter, sweetheart, that you said you got? No, this is what I'm saying. Like, look how thin it is. It was at this moment I realized, because of my efficiency in having five children, we don't use top sheets. So my child had never seen a top sheet. He just knew that sheets had the elastic that you put around the mattress. Because oh, we go sheet. Just a fitted sheet. Okay. So this baby is laying under this His top comforter. sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, ha- I said, hold on just a minute, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I laughed heartily at that at that baby's <laughs> expense, and I walked back and I said, "Honey, um, <laughs> most sheets come with the fitted sheet that you mm-hmm. put around the mattress, and that comes with a top sheet that you go that you put under your comforter." He goes, "Why would you need two blankets?" I said, "Some people just like it. It's to preserve your comforter, <laughs> um, so that." I think I literally uh, have no answer for that because I well, was because this was, was a whole fight. Way. This was a whole fight on Facebook <laughs> afterward. People said that it, it preserves your comforter because you're not rubbing against your comforter and you know you don't have to wash it as often, which kind of creepy. But you know, because you're in the sheet, like you don't sweat through the sheet, you don't like your body's not. I don't know how don't I feel about sit it. Sit on your comforter, like put stuff on your comforter. Some people, some people are really freaked comforter. out about that. True, which I'm True. I'm not a germaphobe. 99% of my friends are. I don't know why they deal with me because I'm kind of gross. Um, my husband is a germaphobe. So I'm really bad about things like this. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to stay alive. So he is under this sheet and it made my life better. And I just think to myself, Kylan is going to just be a phenomenal human being. Yeah. A phenomenal human. Because you order, she- first of all, you order sheets from Amazon as a 12 year old. You order plain gray sheets. Uh-huh. You are just domesticated, yeah. fam. Like, you are going to, you might be a stay at home dad. I'm yeah. for it. It's just who he is as a person. He's just so real and down to earth. I love him. It's probably one of my favorite Kylan moments. <laughs> that was your break real fast for the Fisher Family Thompson <laughs> moment of the week. All right. So we're going to get back into, we're going to get into your second topic. And I'm going to ask you a little quick five questions of would you rather. Okay. So you just got fired off. Let me know what you think. Go I'm from ready. there. Okay. Brianna, yes. would you rather go back to age five? with all of the knowledge that you have right now and start over? Or would you rather start right now but acquire every single piece of knowledge you're going to get until you die and live the rest of your life? So I would know everything. Everything that you're ever going to know right now and then you get to live the rest of your life. That one. Why? (laughs) Really depressing? (laughs) Because my biological mom died when I was seven. Ah, crud! (laughs) So, yeah, no, I wouldn't so, want to be five and know that that was happening in two years. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's kind of, that makes more sense how you're going to yeah, pick that one. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. We're just so, going to, anything but that Anything part. but that. So, like, if you went back to eight, 
Maybe uh, then you'd consider it? Maybe, yeah. Okay. But it still, but still, you'd want to know everything you're going to know. Because I'd want to know, because that's going to tell me when I'm going to kick over. So I know how much time I got to get stuff done. It also tells me how much of my, you know, any credit that I need to pay no, off. No, I don't know if I would start over. Because learning how I learned and when I learned about things in life was has key. made me who I am. And I think that even with all the tragic things that happened to me in my life thus right. far, losing both my parents, being raised the way, I mean, I love my, the mother who raised me and her partner. I love them. They raised me yeah. phenomenally. It's, it's still, not a it's negative still thing. alternate. Yeah. It's still, there's been a lot of tragedy yeah. that has happened. Um, and I don't know that there's a lot of people that would be as, um, if you can call me normal, you know? <laughs> That there, that would, there would be a lot of, I feel like with the tragedy that happened when I was so young, being in the room with her and all these other things, mm-hmm. that would, could potentially really change a person yeah. and how they deal with things. And I think I did it a really well, really well. I think I had the emotional support to do it as well, but the way things happened when they happened to me made me exactly who I am right this minute. And right. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Like I don't want to change it because then I don't know who I would be. Boom. Yeah. And if I know it, then there's a potential to change that it. You're going to try and change it. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. I like it. All right. The, the next pancakes one. make me philosophical. I- <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what's in them pancakes. <laughs> little philosophical pancakes for you. All right. So the next question, a little easier. Um, would you rather never eat meat again or never eat any vegetables again? Oh, I would probably say never vegetables. You're a smart woman. Yeah. You're a smart woman. I like a good veg, but don't take away my steak. Yeah. Ste- Thank you. Yeah. Steak is like the quintessential best food on the planet. Yeah. That was my pregnancy craving, steak and potatoes. You're a smart human being. <laughs> I knew we were friends. Because then technically, potatoes aren't vegetables. They're no. starches. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese. I will also be 450 pounds, but I would be happy. <laughs> this makes sense. All right. So would you rather have a fully automated self-cleaning home or a self-driving car? Self-cleaning home. You're a smart woman. It's fully automated, period. Like yeah. even if it wasn't self-cleaning, like if it was fully automated, lights turned off, the heat regulated, yeah. it cooked itself. I'll drive wherever. Yeah. I, I live in you. Bardstown for five years. I've gotten used to at least hour long drives to get to civilization. Yeah. I don't mind a good drive with a good listen to a podcast. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. <laughs> Are you taking a vacation to the beach or a vacation to a cabin in the woods? Oh, I would at right now say cabin in the woods because I used to live at a beach. The beach is where the dirt hits the water, man. I can't stand the beach. <laughs> I went on vacation with my next door neighbor. I, she's like, I will be at the beach why it's the same thing it's water <laughs> and beach i can't it's so much sand you got to take it home there's a lot of cleaning there's something about the salt in the air though that makes me feel it gives me a comfort it's my asthma weird <sighs> no. oh yeah no. that's why i stopped lifeguarding because i developed asthma um, Here, here's your lifeguard, lifeguard coming to say you can't breathe she can't breathe it's fine yeah. i can't breathe you can't breathe CPR. But then cabin in the woods also makes me nervous because bears. You know, just I'm not I'm not for woodland creatures. They're they're good in Disney movies. I'm not in a tent or an RV. You said cabin. Right, right. There's definitely a cabin with AC. And I have a weapon. We're fine. Oh, you're good. Yeah, that's fine. Put the food away. We're fine. Bears. Would you rather? (laughs) I saw this question. It made my heart happy. Would you rather have to eat a cup of dry spaghetti or a cup of dry uncooked rice? Oh, what? God, that's so gross. Yeah. Which one do you think you could do? 
How thin are the spaghetti? No, just regular <laughs> spaghetti, not thin spaghetti. Don't try a and cup go- of it. Like a whole oh, cup. God. Um, <laughs> you're so torn up over. This. I am. This is very hard. Spaghetti rice would feel scratchier, right? I don't. I've never eaten raw <laughs> rice or spaghetti. Written, I know. I thought you were going to come out with cinnamon. I was like, I'm not doing the cinnamon challenge. No. This is a, the, the potluck podcast is a challenge-free podcast, if you were wondering. Um, I, w- I think I would pick spaghetti because I feel like if you eat a cup of dry rice, you're going to bloat so oh, hard. Oh, God, that would hurt. You'd be like one of those. Remember that they told people to stop feeding the pigeons rice in yeah. um, Central Park because they, they were, were eating like it, exploding. drinking water, and explode. There's a sick part of me. <laughs> oh, God. Peter's going to shut this down. There's a sick part of me that's like, what exactly does a pigeon exploding sound like? Oh, you're gross. I, I need help. But just the thought of like this pigeon's like drinking water and he's, and then all of a sudden just, <laughs> <laughs> they're like small turkeys, you know? That's what they sound like. And then just, like, is it a silent? <laughs> is it quiet? Or does it like, like, do you see it? Do the other birds freak out? Like, oh, I think anatomically, and anything in there's and a person's or animals. To see here, I am going. I'm going Appreciate real. It. Go like, for it. Serious. Scientific. If your tummy explodes, did it can't get through all that fat and meat and skin. But birds are like compact. This is true. But I mean, our stomachs. That I guess in my mind, like he's all stomach and he just explodes. And just feathers. It's not like a human size feathers explosion in a in a in a in a, in a pigeon. It's a pigeon. Does he just explosion. fall over? And that's what you knew happened. <laughs> all his friends are like Ronald, Ronald. Like I don't know. But I also have a who thing. picked up a dead pigeon was like, gee, I wonder how his this stomach died. is burst. <laughs> or it's just like a group of them. They're all like, Ugh. like <laughs> this is so. But I also have like really weird animal things because animals can't tell you. Yeah. So I always tell people Except that. For your dog. Leah the Wonder Dog, no. (laughs) So I don't like fishing. I will eat fish. I'm not really a fan of fish with bones because I'm too clumsy. I'm going to choke myself out. I'm not a fan of fishing. It just seems really wrong. So you know how, and then then I came up with this thought process. You know how we can scream because Uh we breathe air. Oh, you know, we make (laughs) sound. But if you go underwater, you can't scream because you don't breathe water. So, you know how you pull a fish out of the water and she's uh-huh. sitting there going, what if it's just sitting there screaming, but you can't hear it? So, imagine, this is my thought. So, take yourself, put it underwater. Okay, we're underwater now. Okay. We're swimming with fish. The fish are going around. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Uh, good to see you. How's your wife? You know, they're just swimming past each other, living their dreams, headed to lunch, going to go see some friends, just left the office. Fish speak in this scenario. Hands down. You know, you think they're just swimming around like... They're not speaking. I feel like they would talk to each other. You got dolphins with echolocation. Maybe fish have fish talk. Who knows? So, you know, you're swimming. I think the scientists know. <laughs> have scientists ever been fish? No. Do we have a fish that is a scientist? No. So what I'm saying is they're swimming around, talking to their friends. Because, you know, you got like groups of fish. They're talking over it. That's why they swim in like schools. It's like they're coming okay. Cool. I'm going so, with it. So you're like, I'm going to grab some lunch. So, <laughs> so you're swimming. You're with your friend. Ed is like, uh, I know this cool this cool spot. Let's go over here, grab some lunch. And you're like, oh, but what's that? That looks like lunch. He's like, wait, wait, ke- wait, hold on. And so you're like, no, dude, this looks really good. Like, so you bite it, and it's got a hook in it. And then all of a sudden, it starts dragging you through the water. And you're just like, oh. So you're screaming. Everybody stops because they're like, oh, God, it's got Kevin. This happened last week. Every fish. Every fish is speaking out. So, like, there's kids screaming. Everybody's like, get Kevin, grab him. They're trying to grab him. He's, he's going faster and faster. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh. 
And he just gets snatched out of the wall. Can you imagine the mental <laughs> anguish? I can't. I can't imagine it because I can't get past the talking fish. Dude. So now Kevin is in your boat just... <laughs> just mouth open, screaming at the top of his lungs. And you're just looking at him like, you'll make dinner. That is so messed up. Sorry. I get so, or then you keep him in a little net attached uh, to the boat yeah. so he can scream and everybody can hear him while you're driving. But nobody him can out, save him. But nobody can get him out. This is jacked. This is why I can't go fishing because I've made this up. And then the worms that won't even is get a there. Fantastic scenario. In my mind, this is how it goes down. Okay. So it's not a safe place to be. Oh, no. <laughs> especially if you're a fish. Brianna's the the views of the pancake. <laughs> The Pancake Podcast do not reflect on Brianna's uh, <laughs> emotional or mental stability. All right, so we're going to dive right into your second uh, topic here. Sorry. You're fine. Your second topic that you brought to me was your love of murder mysteries. True crime. True. Oh, true crime. True so crime. not like, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes. No. no. You want to hear stuff that like actually really happened. Really happened, yeah. Freaks me out. <laughs> so I watched that, what was it called? Um making of a murderer or yeah, whatever was on Netflix yeah. about that guy who yeah. basically talked like he had rocks in his mouth. Yeah. And everybody's like, he ain't do it. He did it. He ain't do it. He did it. He ain't do it. Like that's all it was yeah. for like seven episodes. It was nuts. Yeah. And I just, I focus on the wrong things in situations like that, but your love of murder mysteries is pretty amazing. True crime stories. Yes. Yeah. Go for it. Tell me all about it. I did not know that I had that part of me. Um, even though I watched those kinds of shows your unsolved mysteries and things until I started listening to podcasts. Yeah. And there's a podcast I'm sure a lot of people know is my favorite murder. And they made it kind of dubbed this term murderino, which is just somebody who really is interested in true crime stories. Okay. Uh, and that's, it, it became, they, they, they're calling it like this new culture, but really it's something that's been around and nobody really talked about it because you don't go to a party and be like, Hey, can I talk to you about Edwin Gacy? Cause I think it's a really fascinating serial killer. You will not get invited yeah. back to very many parties. I'm going to get a look that you're giving me right yeah. now, which is oh, like, let's talk you need that. to be out of my house yeah. because you're crazy. Does she <laughs> know the garage code? She knows where I sleep. But there's a lot of us who just find the whole Process. idea. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating. And it's not just serial killers. It's just true crime. That's mm -hmm. just, you know, learning that these are things that could happen out there it could happen to people it could happen to you and it, it kind of goes makes you go okay well maybe I need to be more aware of my surroundings and more aware of my uber driver mm. and you have you seen how many Wait, uber, drivers? uber drivers kill people uh you know what the last three articles I read were people killing uber drivers no what? they're passengers mm -hmm. they're passengers there was yeah that's the last three uber articles I've read was the passengers killed the uber driver so it goes both ways. How are we not just normal? <laughs> Anywho, go ahead. So yeah, I just delved into a lot of true crime podcasts mm -hmm. and it fascinates me to just listen to the story and I don't have a reasoning behind it besides it's just one of those things I find interesting. That's incredible. So I, I have an active, I mean, if, if my imagination was a body type, it's like one of those like Nike gear models that wears like a, like a sports bra all the time, uh -huh. like even in the wintertime. That's what my <laughs> imagination looks like. I do not, the body of Kenesha Fisher does not reflect the uh, body style of her imagination. So with that, you kind of have, like my imagination will take things, run with it like yeah. it's a marathon. So the second that I start listening to true crime, 
everyone around me is 100% is either a serial killer or is on their way to being. Yeah. Well, uh, you know you passed like a 38 murderers in your lifetime. Walk wait, right excuse you. me? Statistically, at 38 times in your life, you're going to pass somebody who's killed somebody. Just like, you know, you eat eight spiders a year or something like that. You know what? No, you're not going to do this today. (laughs) You're not going to do this. Not, not in this, not in this good Christian home. (laughs) How in the, so, but you know what? I guess that's true. Uh And I guess if you're, you know, out and you travel and you do all kinds of things, there's, you never know who you're brushing past Mm -hmm. in a hallway or on the street. But I think it would make me, I'm already immediate. Jason calls me the... (laughs) It's not a great term. He calls me the exaggeratory rapist uh, because he said, you take things and it's, it, it's it all goes. the way. Yeah. You don't have a 60 mile per hour button. It's either off or you're left field. And I always have the friends who look at me and they're like, you, you, well, we'll be having a conversation and I'll say something like, and you, yeah, you just did a Kenesha. Like it's, it's, it's always too far. Your fish, fish conversation just did that with me. 100%. Why are the fish talking? Because I my brain understand. does that. That's what happens. I'm also freaked out that the worms are like, oh, what are you doing? Ah, you stabbed me. Oh, you drowned me. So, so yeah, I, all these things happen. So if you're telling me that now I can just tune in uh-huh. and I get to find out about these murderers and what their life was like uh-huh. and how they seemed really normal. Like this whole, everybody's freaking out about Ted Bundy. Yep. And they're freaking out because they're letting this really like popular high school musical cat, Zach Efren, he's going to play him. They look exactly alike. They do look very similar. But they're like, why would you portray him in that role? Because Ted Bundy wasn't a duck, people. And that's the people that people are saying they're romanticizing Ted Bundy. And it's not a romanticizing Ted Bundy. He was, he was a, a romanticizer. Very, he was. He was a, in my opinion, he was a charming man yeah i mean i watched the the ted bundy thing on netflix i've watched things about him before and in the press when he looked at you and smiled and winked if you didn't know what he was on trial for you'd be like yeah maybe "Ah, got a couple speeding tickets he's handsome i get it and that's why i mean he had a girlfriend granted still but and that's maybe part of the reason why i love listening to these kinds of things is to try and see past that facade that so many serial killers right. can put on. Or so many people. Uh, like the Not BT- just serial, pil- serial killers. Yeah, the BTK killer had an what entire is a BTK? family. Wait a minute. Um, oh my gosh. Bound BTK. Bound. This sounds like something it's kill. Be bad. Ba- bound. Bound. What? What is the T? No, oh my I'm, God. I'm going to have either, to Google it. Either way, it's going to be terrible. Um, yeah. Here, so I'll it real quick. Keep going. That's what he was. He's called the BTK killer. He had an entire family. He had a wife. He had children. And he did it for years and years and years. He killed people. And he took his trophies. And he was caught really randomly, too. I think just like Ted Bundy was caught really randomly. No. Bound. BTK killer. Hold on. Let's see what this means. I am. His name Bound is Dennis. Den- what? His name is Dennis Rader. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, he's the BTK Strangler is another, Mm-mm. he gave himself the name BTK. Because uh-huh. he liked to bind, bound, torture, torture, and, and kill. then kill. But he had a whole life, he had a whole life. A he whole wife. A whole, not a half one, he a had a whole, whole life, wife. a whole child. Mm-mm. A so, job. Well, okay, let's take this in a different direction. Sure, we immediately like, oh my gosh, any you, that person can be a serial killer. But I think that... Whenever I have listened to like, like I, when you watch Intervention mm-hmm. or Hoarders, mm-hmm. I like the fact that they give you all the ugly up front mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they do that flashback mm-hmm. and they go back and they, you can, you can watch. There was something that, ha- there's always a kick. Mm-hmm. There's always, there's always a hitch. There's always something that happens to where you can go, 
that's probably where the unraveling started. And there's a lot of that when we when you listen to the true crimes and um, like sociopaths or serial killers, in particular, a lot of them had brain injuries mm. when they were younger, multiple brain injuries, and Moms they turned out to play be killers. Football. That's what happened. There's um, then there's the the um, like torturing and killing of animals. They started and somewhere. There's a lot of um, molestation. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that kind of interconnect that had that grew this person to be what they are. Um, some are just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot behind it. And then maybe that's what it is. Cause I like the hoarders and I like intervention and I like learning like, Oh, well, here's what this person is, but this is what happened to them. Yeah. And they didn't have the communication. The they didn't have the, um, the support system, the means to help themselves. And I think that that I I'm really maybe the key is that there's a lot of mental handicaps and disabilities that these killers end up having. And if there was a chance for them to get help right. medicated, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are on drugs and alcohol and addictions, they are medicating themselves because their brain is it fires. It's not wrong. working. It's not working. Yeah. And it needs help to fire correctly. Well, and so my thought process is, you know, there's a scripture that says, but for the grace of God, there go I. And I think sometimes we forget how close we've come, how, how one different decision, mm-hmm. how one um, missing link in our community could have caused us to be a completely different person. Yes. And sometimes identifying with how real these people are, how they're human, mm-hmm. it's it's one link in the chain it's a it's a succession of things that happen to them Mm -hmm. and you're not giving anybody an excuse I've seen people come from terrible situations and absolutely just jump over hurdles Mm -hmm. of life and become phenomenal human beings I think everybody has a breaking point yeah I think everybody has the ability to snap in ways that they didn't even know they could do and I believe that sometimes we dehumanize people who make these bigger sins. This is me with air quotes, bigger sins, because that's something we would never do. So take that, take it. You can, and sometimes we like to keep it all the way up here mm-hmm. at serial killer level, but then, you know, you come down a couple of notches to where it gets a little closer to day to day life. And mm-hmm. you realize people make decisions, people make um, moves and they have motives based upon who they are and where they come from and what influence they have. Exactly. My, that's huge. my mother, my biological mother died of a heroin overdose Jeez. and my I have addiction that runs in my family. I'm very aware of how much alcohol I drink. Yeah. You have to be. I have to be. You have to be. And I frequently talk to my husband about it and I say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. How do you think, or how do you feel? How are you receiving this? Litmus test. Yes. Yeah. And like he's in his responses. Well, how do you feel? So we talk about, it. I said, well, this is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm feeling. And he'll tell me his thoughts. And at the end of the day, I don't have a problem. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm also very aware that I could have a problem. At any, at any moment. At, at any, any moment. moment. And I have, I think the, what happened to me with my mother, I don't do drugs. At all. Oh. Well, I mean, hey. hey. <laughs> but, you know, I've never done anything worse than smoke some weed. Yeah. And I would never want to. Yeah. I've been around it. And being around it even made me uncomfortable. But I was around it. I vividly remember this one party, and there was a lot of other things going on. And they yeah. were like, "Do it, do it, do it." I was like, "No, dude, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'm fine." Thanks I have so offer. much control over that part of me because I've seen yeah, things that you like, haven't. Yeah, I know that if I did, I probably wouldn't stop. No, and so this n- nowhere near the level of what you're describing <clears throat> for your life. But mm-hmm. with my parents, who were both 
did not come from great situations growing up, but made conscientious decisions to say, we will give our children X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Because of that, the very close boundaries to them, um, their immediate family brought a lot of um, dysfunction to mm-hmm. it. And my parents held back those wins, but occasionally they'd stand you real close to the window mm-hmm. so you could look out and you can see what they were keeping, quote unquote, keeping you from. Yeah. It wasn't where we have these rules, we have these standards, we have these conversations so that you can miss out in life. It was come and, come and look out the window mm-hmm. into the world that we are insulating you from. Come and watch why we're giving you more in the middle so that you understand what you have to combat against. And I remember you know, very vividly seeing people I cared about, people I didn't know that this is what their struggle was in the midst of, you know, being as high as a kite and showing up. You know, my mother would would pick up said person and be in the car with them, mm-hmm. but would make sure to take me. They weren't allowed in my house, yeah. but I would sit in the back seat while she was picking up this person to take mm-hmm. them back to their house so that I could see what a um, coming down off drugs looked like mm-hmm. at 11 or 12 years old and go, oh my what? Yeah. This, this happens. So while I had a very sheltered life, I was definitely given, you know, small peaks of reality Mm -hmm. that it's not the same for everyone. And that made me a lot more compassionate to understanding the things that I thought were wrong for me, Mm -hmm. the things that I made a decision not to do. If you've made a different decision, that's your, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. But I've never even smoked weed, mostly because I also have, um, a brain bear brain blood barrier syndrome thing mm-hmm. to where my body doesn't process things correctly. So case in point, if I take a leave, which is an anti-inflammatory, if I take too much of it, I swell. So my body oh. does the opposite yeah. of things. So I was gene side tested to check for medications. So I know I don't smoke weed because I do believe that marijuana should be legal. Um, because I, I can see the benefit mm-hmm. in it for a lot of people. And I think it would get a lot of people off hardcore narcotics. I think it, I think that, you know, it grows from the ground. It's not medically engineered or chemically engineered. I do believe that there are times when you need to be of your right mind mm-hmm. and times when that's up to you on what you want to do. It's mm-hmm. not my decision. I've made a decision not to do it, but I've mostly done it because I'm afraid that I'd be the first like documented case of death. And then you all would <laughs> yeah, lose everything else. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, wait a minute, I thought that couldn't happen. Well, Kenesha Fisher <laughs> ruined it that. for everybody. <laughs> Way to go. And that's how I would be known. She's yeah. the woman and she's the reason why nothing can be legal. But <laughs> anyone, given the right situation, nature versus nurture, um, life experience can put you in a situation to where you'll, you'll, you'll look around and go, how did I get here? Yeah. And sitting in court. There's people who who have probably sat in court. Most people have probably sat in court. And they didn't be like, oh, finally made it. Time to go yeah. on trial. That doesn't happen. Yeah. You got to a point where you made a decision, you maybe had to make another decision, and the next decision didn't go the way it should have. Yeah. And you ended up right there. And you're a pu- and we put people on public spectacles to mm-hmm. where we highlight what it is they've done wrong that we would never do. So you watch these murder mysteries. That's yeah. your jam. Yeah. True crime. Listen to these podcasts. Yeah. Um, what is what's the craziest thing you can relate to? Oh. Was something you found yourself going, I might be, hold on. I need to turn this off because I'm getting a little too comfortable with this. Oh, oh, God. Um, <laughs> I, and this goes back to being a woman, too. I've There's a lot of stories where the woman just doesn't speak up or speaks up real quietly and then goes, oh, okay, never mind. Like... <laughs> I'll say no, but then you then you push, and I'll be like, "Oh, okay," Never mind. and I just let it happen because 
I got pushback. And that goes through, again, see, it just all circles back to jujitsu. No, yeah. it circles back to say, to the consent. If I've mm-hmm. said no once, that's the answer. You don't push it. No. Um, and I think that there's quite a, probably quite a few stories of a woman with um, being abused or a woman um, being molested or something like that where she said no in the only way she knew how to say no, which was real quiet. Mm-hmm. And... I've never really, I'm confrontational, so I usually will speak up about things, Um, but I've been put, even before jujitsu, in situations where I had to say no and be the weirdo and be the B word and be rude, Um, but I can see sometimes where it just goes, oh, okay, Mm. but most of the time I'm just yelling, no, no, don't do that, (laughs) don't do that, what are you doing? Yeah. But Don't then, trip in the woods. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, gosh. There goes another one. So it's it's one of those thought processes to where they say no really quietly over yeah. and over again. And yeah. then one day they just don't say no. But yeah. it's so drastic. Mm-hmm. because They don't say no and they die. Or they don't <laughs> say no and they kill somebody. Oh, uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, see, that's where I was taking it. But I can understand where they get backed into a corner so many times and then they're taken advantage of. Or, like, you know, it's it's the mother or it's the wife and the the son or the husband or whatever is doing something and you get that feeling and you get that intuition and you don't say anything and you don't confront it and boom. And then boom. Yeah. Everything changes. You're married to a, a serial killer and you didn't know. You quote unquote, I mean, you didn't you, know. I mean, because you genuinely have to look at Ted Bundy's wife like, girl. Not, she, like girlfriend. her girlfriend. You'd be like. But the BTK killer had a wife. Oh, you had a whole wife and a, a baby. Wife and a family. I'm like he was positive. living with you and be like, you know what I like? Bondage, torture, and killing. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he had trophies in, in the basement. Driver's license. Oh, oh, things in a locked safe in me? the basement, like in a locked box. Baby, husband of mine, I love you dearly, and I do trust you, and I, I think you're wonderful. You ain't going to have anything locked that I don't have a key uh-uh. to. <laughs> no. Not in my house. No. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But you. But that's the, that's the thing. We get into these normal patterns of, well, that's just how he is. Anytime you can say that's just how he is, but you really don't know, you probably need to check some stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we got all these, everybody's going to be listening to this podcast and like, <laughs> looking at their spouses outside. Are, like, are you a serial killer? <laughs> Do you put people's body parts in our freezer downstairs? Are you collecting I have things? said things sometimes, and I'm pretty sure, my, besides the fish story, that I'm pretty <laughs> sure my husband sometimes like, she's not normal. Well, I bring up all these scenarios because I also, in my books that I read, there's a lot of the alpha male and the the female who gets in trouble and needs rescuing or Mm -hmm. whatever, a lot of motorcycle gang things. And Alan thinks it's hilarious because there'll be something that happens that she's grabbed in a particular way or this is done. And I'm like, so what if they do this? Mm. How would you get out of it? You know what? And like, I can't read these books anymore with these girls who get pushed up against the wall and they're, when, you know, choked by their throat. I'm like, you can get out of that. What are you doing? Do you realize that? Oh, like, they, grab my arm. No, you don't. I get out of it. <laughs> I I do a wrist release. I let go. I back up and I say stop. Uh-huh. You know, like it's almost, so. It's almost ruined it for you a little yes, bit. I the we were watching a show the other day, and the guy did a rear naked choke, and I was like, rewind it, rewind it, rewind it. He did it really choke. well. Look, that's how you choke somebody out. My husband's like, you're really gonna make me rewind this right now. Oh, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, oh, please, thank goodness. you. I recorded it. <laughs> This is amazing. This is amazing. Because you were pumped about it. And he was yes. like, okay, note to self. She's yeah, nuts. but so it kind of, I think that 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 the, both of our topics today kind of just inter, intersect yeah. in that way of, of just being like aware and knowing that you have a voice, being able to use it, Boom. physically being able to protect yourself. The whole thing kind of 
kind of flowed together. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Well, I have to make sure that um, when your uh, episode goes live, I'll have to get all the information for um, the Woman Empowered Gracie Please. Jiu-Jitsu. Yes. I'd love to make sure to post that so that people can have an opportunity to check that out. So how does that work? Do they get like a free first class? You or? can come and take a free class. You get free 10 free days. So if you come on like a Monday or we have classes for Women Empowered Mondays and Saturdays. So you could potentially so take you do like Monday, Saturday, classes. Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. In your 10 days for free and see if it's something for you. We do free seminars mm-hmm. um, twice a year that are two hour long seminars that are just so much fun and you get to actually learn a lot of techniques. Cool. And you can come with me. I'll meet you there. Um, I'm Brianna. I'm your friend. I have purple hair. Which is always amazing to me. Yeah. Always amazing. Uh, I won't get into your spear boundary. Yeah. I will let you set it. Um, I won't kill you, even though I know a lot about Boom. <laughs> she knows murder mysteries and jujitsu, but she's still a kind but soul. But I'm empowering you. No, but seriously, uh, 12 and up, thir- 13 and up, 13 and up. Um, women, it doesn't matter your your size, your athletic prowess. I don't have any. Prowess. There's no prowling. <laughs> Unless I'm standing in front of the refrigerator, then I'm right. prowling. Um, but yeah, come with, meet me there. Yeah. They're really good. I mean, the humans there are amazing. They're amazing humans. That's awesome. So We'll have to make sure that happens. I'll make sure all the information is there. So we're going to do a quick really quick breakfast breakdown okay. just because we had a phenomenal breakfast. We had a phenomenal breakfast. We had great breakfast. Breakfast. <laughs> Breakfast. <laughs> a phenomenal breakfast. Um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> we had a great breakfast, and now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. It's just your opinion really quick. Okay. Uh, coffee or tea? Uh, uh, depends okay. on the time of the day. Okay. That's fair. Um, what unusual pet would you have or have you had? I, I used to own three snakes. One was eight foot long Burmese no. albino python named that's Kellogg's. Even. I like that. <laughs> I like that name a lot. I actually like snakes. And then Spike and Precious were tinier, but yeah. Kellogg, Spike, husband. and Precious. Mm-hmm. That's Owned adorable. Three snakes. I can do it. Um, city or country? Living. <sighs> In the middle. You know what? You I'm a city girl. 50%. That's where I was. I was born, fought Las Vegas, Reno, Virginia Beach. Like, I'm a city girl, but now I look kind of out in the boonies. And nope. it's kind of like, eh, it's all right. I wish we had a Target and a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So I, I'm a small town, 13,000-ish people. So maybe that's, that's kind your, of my mid-ground. Your niche. I am city all the way. Mm-hmm. High rise, downtown, that's me. And then, you know, I married Captain Like to Fish, wants to put a pond in my backyard. I was like, for what? So you can have fish screaming in my backyard all the time? <laughs> fish can scream. I'm going to find a way to hear a fish talk. And <laughs> that's going to that's my life goal. Okay. Favorite holiday? Oh. These are always so overwhelming for you. <laughs> I'm a thinker. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Processors usually don't like this. I don't know. Halloween? Yeah. I like scary movies. The marathons for a whole month. It's great. Uh, skill you wish you had. I wish I could sing. Aw. You I can. I mean, I can sing. I wish I could hold a tune and sing well. Not with like a bucket with small holes in the bottom. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Everybody thinks, like I have, I have the ability to sing, but I'm not confident in it. I'm confident in everything else. Mm-hmm. That, to me, I don't feel like I have the control that I would need to have. I'm also a control freak. That's I can't hold a tune. I'm horrible. But my daughter But you mean me it, though. You mean it, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in. in high school musicals all the time. I was Ooh. just a background, mostly dancing part. Hey. Everybody but, has know. a place. Whatever. It's fine. All right. Biggest irrational fear. Oh, irrational like, fear? Like, what's something that you're afraid of? People are like, really? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My fears are not irrational. <laughs> they are She's like, very, on, I am aware of my fears. They are real. Oh, the, the, ha- the, the express feelings of the Pancake <laughs> Podcast do not need to make Brianna feel so um, 
attacked and assaulted. I don't know if I have an irrational fear. I don't like spiders. Yeah, that's not irrational because spiders that's are weird. That's not irrational. Yeah. Is there um, something the less where... legs, I th- the better. So like snakes like, have no legs. I'm so fine. you're really good with them. Yes. But like those little weird water things with oh, all the legs. Those Kentucky water things. Uh-huh. Those caterpillars. Whatever they are. They're nasty. Oh my God. The They're like army caterpillars. It physically makes me feel thick. Yeah. <laughs> but... If I'm on my own, I'll find a way to kill a bug. If yeah. my husband's anywhere in the vicinity, it's why it's part of the contract of why I married you. Come That's kill fair. this bug. That's fair. Come kill it. I don't care. I have it's a no best friend who's you. just like I that. I don't care if it's going to hurt me. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Her husband's been at work before. She's like, so you busy? I'm like, no. She's like, so, um, I'm pretty sure it's a bug that's in my curtains. Do you mind? Really? Yeah. You're a whole grown-up. And, and one of my other fears, sometimes I get this weird anxiety about dropping my kid off at school. <laughs> Okay. School shootings. Uh, well, I mean, that's not irrational I mean, they, anymore. They yeah. do hide and seek drills. That's yeah. what they call them. And I'm like, hide I have to, drills. the first time I heard it, I took a moment inside the bathroom and cried. Okay. It was very. You needed it. So again, it's not irrational. But that's it's not like irrational a serious at all. fear. Sometimes I drop my kid off and I think, is that the last time I'm going to see right. her? Is she somebody going to come in and attack these poor little kids today? Ugh. Not irrational. Can't even deal. I can't even think. I don't like heights because I don't like the idea of falling. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I don't think I have irrational fears. I think they're just, I have very intense fears. Do you have any like fears? Like, like I, I mean, I shared with you one of my weird quirks today that my eggs have to be in symmetrical order and they have to have an even number of eggs in the carton. <laughs> like, let, if a recipe calls for three <laughs> eggs, never making that. Or it's going to be extremely cakey because I'm putting four. Or I'm boiling an egg. Something's yeah, so got to happen. She kept moving the eggs around. <laughs> she, so she made some eggs, some pancakes eggs and pancakes and she was moving them around. I was like, maybe, maybe eggs in the middle of the carton stay colder or fresher. Or... No, I'm just weird. I'm not sure, but you know, it's fine. And then she did it again and I'm watching her and then she let me know and I was like, oh, oh no, you're just strange. I mean, I was just going with it. Yeah. That is one of my quirks. That is definitely a Kanisha quirk. Like my husband, my husband and I, when we were dating, he decided to come over and he thought I was just joking. So he took one of the eggs out of the carton and just put it in the back of the refrigerator <gasps> I, I text him later and I said, listen, you egg-displacing bastard. Don't you ever. He was like, did you? Like, I think you were serious. I was like, don't you ever in your life leave an odd number of eggs unsymmetrical in this garden because I will find you and I will kill. Like, it's, and I don't know why. The, the makings of a serial killer right here. <laughs> and Kanisha killed somebody because they left four, they left five eggs. And I was just, I couldn't take it. Willy-nilly in the garden. Yeah. Willy-nilly is a real thing. I just feel at any chance, you just I, I want to get up and check the eggs now. I'm good. I'm taking control. I've gotten better. It used to be to where I thought I had OCD because I was like, yeah. I need to get up and make sure that there's enough eggs in the cart. Why? What? Like, yeah. that's how I know that mental illness is real. Yeah. Because when you can say things like, are my eggs symmetrical? And you're sitting at a stoplight, yeah. you might need a um, I do sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and have to double check that the doors are locked. Again, not an That's not a, no, yeah, yeah, that didn't count. I'm, it's not weird enough. Yeah. That's what it is. I, don't, I mean, I'm just an abnormal Like, I have a friend person. that is scared to death that there's going to be a bat. Every day, she's like, we have, I, I don't want a house with a fireplace because I'm scared that there's going to be bats that just get in my house. Oh. Why do you? Has that ever happened to you? No. I just think it could. Yeah. No. Okay. I don't know. I don't think I have. That's okay. Crazy irrational. We'll fears. take the fact that any at any point things with more legs aren't for you. Right. I'm the good. more the legs, the less likely. <laughs> the I worse am. it is. Yeah. Gonna well, go further away. I have had a blast. You're absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you for having. This is a lot of fun. Having your morning and hanging out with me and eating pancakes. All of the stuff that I want you to post, um, you're more than welcome to give me all the info about yeah. jujitsu so that we can get people empowered and they can come and check you out. Um, 
Also, if you have any other social media, you want people to follow you, because um, I know that you, it's called Lip Sense, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah. I know that I, you kill it in lip the lip sense. game. Mm-hmm. What? Be pretty. I'll be like, how do she eat a whole sandwich? She still got lipstick on. <sighs> I eat a whole sandwich and my sandwich has on lipstick. I teach people how to put the makeup on, too. Oh, you fancy. Mm-hmm. I can help. I'll, I can do one of two things. I can either look like I'm runway ready mm-hmm. or people try to hand me a dollar if I'm holding a cup, <laughs> coffee cup. Like those are the only two yeah. looks I have. Yeah. I only have two. So I might have to take you up on that. So yeah, rattle it off. Do you have any social media, uh, Instagram or anything you want people yeah. to follow for that? For the, for lip sense, it's all the lip crush. Yeah. So there's so a, at the there's lip a crush. VIP group. There's a, just, if you just go to the lip there's all, all the links to Amazing. blogs and, and shopping and my face and, things which is a phenomenal face thank you amen it's a face radio you (laughs) (laughs) i say that regularly thank you so much for coming on you have to tell henley i said hello because she's the most amazing child ever she's the cutest uh and bring her next time she'll have to have her own little spot on the podcast she'll talk more than i do well i love kids who talk because i was that kid (laughs) i always love the teachers who are like you know your your child is amazing we just have an issue with them you know constantly trying to communicate with the friends i was like "Mm, i I can't help you yeah my parents didn't that's just who we are so that's amazing thank you so much so everybody thank you for listening and tuning in and hearing all about this amazing woman and some of the things that she's growing in and encouraging you to do the same. Um, also, thank you for listening to me think about the fact that fish scream. So <laughs> I know that everybody thinks I'm a little crazy, but I just like to validate it on a regular basis. So remember that when life gets you down, put a little cheer up on your pancakes. Okay.